Hello, everybody, and welcome back to week three of Shot Selection right here on Riot Radio. I'm your host with the most, the man on the track, Sean McLeod, and oh my god, what did I just witness? Of course, I'm talking about game three of the NBA Finals, Jimmy Butler with the performance of a career. We're going to be talking about that right off the bat, and we're also going to talk about the NBA draft and how that's going virtual, but... I ain't going to lie, everybody. I really want to talk about that game. So let's get right into the first story of the day. The Miami Heat have come back from down 0-2 to win their first game in the NBA Finals behind a masterpiece 40-point performance from Jimmy G. Buckets. And tonight, that G definitely stood for getting. And look, there's no way to understate how important this victory is when we look at that first game you lose jimmy to an injury although he comes back you lose bam to an injury he hasn't come back and he's the key in my opinion he's the key to making this offense dynamic and unique and hard to guard because there's not a lot of big men that do what bam does and oh by the way he's pretty good defensively too Oh, and by the way, you also lose Goran Dragic, who's been a 20-point-per-game scorer this postseason. And there's something to be said about the way that the Heat were able to hide Dragic throughout the season, playing him behind none, resting him for the playoffs, and then having him come out. I mean, he only started three games this entire season. That's nuts. You lose all three of those guys in Game 1, and for most teams, that's it. There's no coming back from that. But this team has Jimmy... Butler. And I hate to be that guy. And if you're a basketball player on campus that's listening to this, I mean, you've heard this. I know you have uh, because I've heard it and I'm not a basketball player. But there's always that one guy and it's usually a coach that comes out and says, hey, at least we won the fourth quarter. At least we won that third quarter. But when you look statistically, it actually wasn't that big of a mess in game two. After halftime, 39 to 35 in the third quarter and 21 to 21 in the fourth quarter. Really, that the big mess of the game came in the second quarter and the first quarter for the Heat. So they figured some stuff out in game two. And they came out and look, that first play was bad. I, I ain't going to lie. When they threw that to Anthony Davis right off the bat, zero contest from Myers Leonard. That felt ominous to me. I'm honestly, I'm glad it didn't turn out to be anything more than just that one slam dunk on a play that happened to be the first play of the game. But the Heat came out and they fought. And defensively, they they're doing some stuff. When the Lakers want to drive into the lane right now, you're seeing multiple shirts on them. They're leaving guys wide open and daring. Honestly, a team that I thought would be a pretty good three-point shooting team at the beginning of the year to make a lot of shots in order to win. And if you're not getting a guy like Markeith Morris, who today stepped up, or if you're not getting a guy like Rajon Rondo shooting 75% from three in a game, well, good luck. And it also makes life really difficult for the Lakers because it neutralizes the amount of flexibility that they have defensively. One of the big factors for the Lakers, in my opinion, was their ability to slot in Dwight Howard when they need him or slot in Rondo when they need them or to just mix and match guys off the bench as they see fit defensively. Well, you need to have a couple guys out there at any given time that are just designated shooters 
because you know they're going to pack at least three guys into the paint on every single drive from James. Anytime it touches Anthony Davis's hands in a, like, a back down situation, he was getting a guy almost doubling him, if not full committed to it. And offensively, you got to give a lot of credit to Jimmy Butler. 44 minutes and 51 seconds, putting up 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, two blocks. Just incredible stuff. One of the best playoff performances I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's not a superlative. It's considering what this team has gone through, losing Bam. And if we could just touch on losing Bam for a second again, Bam is the player that really enables some of these role players even existing to this point. You know, when we talk about Duncan Robinson in this playoffs, he's got a lot of love from a lot of people. And I mean, he's played really, really well, but I encourage you to go look at the highlights of Duncan Robertson and see who he's doing that two man game with. I guarantee you most of those buckets that Duncan makes is off of uh, some sort of interaction with Bam. And that's not a slight on Dunk. That's just praise for Bam. Surviving that and getting Jimmy Butler ascending to uh, what feels like superstar status to me. I mean, God forbid if Jimmy Butler wins this championship, we're never going to hear the end of it. But (laughs) I'm just speechless. One of the most impressive performances I've ever seen. The Heat are in this series officially. I'm still holding to my prediction of a 4-2 victory for the Lakers. I feel like they're going to figure something out. But wow. Next up on the docket. We now have a date for the NBA draft being held on November 18th, 2020. And this is an interesting draft to look at. For those who don't know me, and a lot of you don't, it's a lifelong passion of mine to go comb through the draft every year, try and figure out who I think is going to be good, who I think is going to be a bust. And, you know, sometimes I do better than uh, others. I think notably, I'm, I'm really telling on myself in these podcasts, but I didn't, I didn't think that you should draft Derek Rose over Michael Beasley. And, you know, when I go back and look at that tape now, I think I'm really silly for thinking that, but I'm just being honest. It is what it is. Sometimes we get it wrong. We're not all perfect. But the majority of the time I get it right, in my opinion. (laughs) And this, this draft has me in a conundrum. In the top three of this draft, there's so much potential. Of course, we're talking about Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, and LaMelo Ball. And they all just have weird tape issues to me. I'm not sure what to make of it. A guy like Anthony Edwards, who at times looks like a Victor Oladipo, Dwayne Wade-type bully ball inside shooting guard, and other times he just doesn't show up to the game. And to Anthony Edwards' credit, I will give him this much. When he doesn't show up to the game, he still does find ways to impact the game, whether it's through rebounding or assists. Very rarely did I watch tape and just be like, okay, he didn't bring anything to this game. But still, it's a worrying trend. And the same thing with James James Wiseman. Only playing a handful of games at Memphis. And the games that he did play, I didn't particularly love. 
if I'm being honest with you. I felt like a lot of the times he was getting out-hustled and outplayed by people I didn't think really had any business being on the same level with him considering his physical gifts. So I don't know where to put that. And the fact that he only played a handful of games at Memphis really throws me for a loop. Which leaves me with LaMelo Ball. Who, it feels weird saying that I'm maybe the most confident in my assessment of LaMelo. I'm not sure, and this pains me because I really did enjoy watching him in Australia, but I'm not sure how much of his game translates directly to the NBA. That's not to say that I don't think he's an NBA player. I certainly think there's a spot for a guy like LaMelo in the NBA, but would you put a top three pick status on him is that uh, I just think that there's a lot of weird stuff on his tape like let's be honest his shot comes from like his knees that's going to be a very easy shot to impact in the NBA unless he fixes that he's not an incredible athlete I think he's a good athlete but I don't think he's an incredible athlete and not only that I just he has some strange shot selections and sometimes they work You know, he pulls up from mega deep, just regularly, too. Do I think that that stuff translates to the NBA at a high level? Not really, if I'm being honest. So I I wouldn't pick him in the top three. I I guess it's an interesting question for myself now that I'm just kind of spitballing this. I'm kind of slightly off script from where I should be. It's an interesting question for myself. Where would you pick LaMelo Ball? maybe top seven maybe like I don't know I'm not a huge fan but I'm willing to eat crow on that one so I think what would be cool for this podcast uh as we draw near to the NBA draft and we're about 44 days away from it as of the time of recording this podcast I think I wanted to take at least one episode and get a deep dive on these top three prospects maybe add Killian Hayes in there Maybe add Denny or Obi. Honestly, I I could spend forever if you gave me a reason to watch NCAA draft prospects. I would do it for free. And I will do it for free right here on Riot Radio. Let's get right in to the next story. After one of the most disappointing NBA playoff exits of all time, the Clippers have decided to part ways with their longtime head coach, Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers has agreed to be the next head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers in pretty quick succession. But wow, they did it. If you remember a few weeks ago, we were spitballing ideas on here. What could the Clippers do to move the needle one way or the other that wasn't signing another max level player because they do not have any sort of assets, whether it's monetary or draft or players, to make any sort of deal like that happen The only thing that I landed on was if you had a coach out there that you really believed in, you could fire Doc Rivers and bring on somebody that you thought would right the ship better. It doesn't feel like they really have anybody in mind after firing Doc Rivers. It doesn't look like it from an outsider looking in. If you're sold on a guy like Tyron Lue, you got to get him. He's interviewing right now for the Pelicans and the Rockets, I believe, if that's your dude, you gotta you gotta lock him down. The rest of the candidates in the field, I think, aren't maybe not even the greatest or most inspiring choices for the makeup of this team. 
Although the idea of having Mike D'Antoni coaching this specific Clippers team is wild to me. But that name's been thrown out there. A guy like Sam Cassell. Could this be his first head coaching gig? A lot of head coaches that have won NBA Finals in the past few years are rookie head coaches or guys in their first year with their team. And then there's Jeff Van Gundy, who I, I I don't know if I'm insane, but I feel like every year Jeff Van Gundy is linked to another NBA coaching gig and it just never materializes. So if that happens, wake me up because I feel like I'm in a fever dream with having his name attached to every major coaching gig and he just comes back the next year and he's on my TV screen. So that's how I feel about Jeff Van Gundy possibly coaching the Clippers. If it happens, it happens, and I'll talk about it then. But, like, I'm the guy's attached to everything. And to me, the key component to this whole thing is it all comes back to that same initial message that I put out there. Don't just do this to do this. Have somebody in mind and chase them. And it really appears like they don't. So we'll see that. We'll keep an eye on it. Where it goes from here, I'm honestly, I'm pretty interested in it. I think there's a couple different guys that... If they get their shot, it could be an interesting team. Uh, Sam Cassell, I'm uh, that's kind of my guy. I'm rooting for him. So we'll see. I also feel like the landing spot for Doc is really interesting. I know when I first heard that Doc was going to be coaching the 76ers, my first thought was, wow, that's risky. When you look at the 76ers contracts right now, it is a mess. And I guess if you're looking to find a way out, much like the Clippers, ironically, the head coach is probably your best bet. And Brett Brown, I think he had kind of run his course anyways with this specific crew. But man, these contracts are tough sledding for any team to get through. You got Ben Simmons on a max level rookie extension, paying him $38 million in 20. Four, you're looking at Josh Richardson, honestly, probably their most reasonable contract, but you're still paying him $11 million until 2022. Joel Embiid, max level rookie extension, $33 million until 2022. Al Horford, are you ready for this? You're paying Al Horford $27 million until 2022. Tobias Harris, you're paying him... $40 million in 2023-24. That's a lot of stuff for guys that don't shoot a lot of threes in the modern NBA. So, I honestly, I have a lot of faith in Doc. I think he'll be able to right the ship over there. And there's some wiggle room. Maybe you can offload one of them. Al Horford's you know, contract might become movable towards the end of it as a salary match or, but, oh, God, I threw up in my mouth just reading those numbers. <laughs> so I wish, I wish Doc the best of luck, not too much luck as a Raptors fan. We'll keep an eye on this coaching carousel. It hasn't really picked up into full pace just yet, but the moment a pin drops, you can listen to it right here on Shot Selection. As always, thank you for tuning in to week three of Shot Selection with Sean McLeod. I've been your host, Sean McLeod, and I am amped up about basketball for the first time in a while. Now, I'm always in love with the game. I'm always around the game, but 
COVID did something to me, man. It was really, really tough for me to get excited about basketball there for a little bit. And I, I don't know if that was just the malaise of everything that's going on in the world right now. But at this very moment, at this very point in time, I am so excited to be talking about basketball. And I want to talk about it with you every single week right here on Riot Radio. Don't change that dial because there's more great content coming up right now. 